I am Gaima, and you have arrived. Welcome. Spend some time. Well, um, yeah, I guess I'm starting to take after you. I haven't been in New York since March. Oh, yeah, you went back home, did you? Or? I had to because of COVID. Yeah, and you need space. <laughs> I was like, COVID not a kind on me. Not COVID will not kill me. Right. No. So, yeah, it was crazy because I was there and, um, you know, I was literally watching the city shut down. Times Square was like eerie and empty. And I was just like, yeah, this is like, it felt like um, I am legend. That's right. An, an apocalypse has happened. Yeah. I was like, let me, let me go ahead and get out of here. Let I me can go ahead. Imagine. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's crazy because. I had this impetus to kind of like, I, you know, I've been in there for so long. I like it. You know what? I've yeah. done the theater thing. I'm just going to go do film. That, that's yeah. LA is where it's at. And I was just excited to, to have moved. Mm -hmm. But today I'm looking up and you know, the past week we've had this wild fires. I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah. I started out in San Francisco. So I was just like everybody else. Cause in LA, we hadn't gotten anything at all. Yeah, so just getting my news from, you know, just like anybody else, and also some friends that were in San Francisco. So mm -hmm. I, you know, for the past few days, I look around like, what fire? Well, today. <laughs> so the skies have changed. Uh, it's 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 yellowish. It's oh my god. Yeah, it's 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 almost like what you would see in like say. Um, uh, like an apocalypse film, really. Like, um, I want to think about uh, Blade Runner, where it's all kind of like yes. Well, okay. Yeah. So on the news, right? Yeah. My mom is like addicted, so you know, typical African parent. CNN is always on. Yeah. I walk by and I see orange on the screen. And, you know, it just catches my attention because it's yeah. like this very, you know, very different orange. So I stop and I look and they're like fires. And then they show this um, satellite view 
that is from space. Yeah. And apparently there's like, I don't know, 30 fires simultaneously in motion. Yeah. California, Oregon. I said, what the yeah. hell is going on? Since I've moved here every, maybe last summer was the only, uh -huh. but every summer has been, there's been a wildfires because, you know, the, I remember the first year I moved here, there was a, um, a drought. So they mm -hmm. were literally rationing water. Water, right? yes. And one thing I noticed that was so uh, an aha moment to me was I had the opportunity to kind of really explore California. I didn't just stay. I don't just stay in L.A. I, I go out. Sometimes okay. three, four hours out. You know, I've been to Big Bear and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Joshua Tree and whatnot. But what I found <laughs> is as I keep going outside of L.A., every the land was parched it was really? brown right and so the first year come winter there was rain and what happened was the the, the trees the leaves the grass all of a sudden turned green and, and the winter out, and here's the aha moment so since we're in our, our east where these things are just like part of life when it rained all of a sudden i the landscape became more greener. It went from brown, right. parched, to green. And the way it did to my eye and the view, I was like, wait, this is, this is, this is weird because it's supposed to be normal. But because we were in a, a drought, mm -hmm. it took... It took that it, long. Yeah, and I loved every time it rains, it gets greener. And wow. now I began to appreciate you know, the lush land that... Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we have the rain, everything that comes, fall, spring. Yeah, here you don't get that. It's just like. So so what does that do? What does that do for you? Because you're in L.A. right now yeah. with these wildfires that are happening. Like, what does that mean for? Well, I don't have, with the exception of today, mm -hmm. uh, as I was listening to the news, they said that um, it was the, the wind. This, this is how long it took to get here from San Francisco. But, and that's like an eight-hour drive, correct? Yes, and that took about a week to get here. I mean, wow. yeah, roughly. It took a wow. week, week. So now there's ash everywhere. There's ash. When, when I step out, I can't breathe. I got to go right back in. So I've been home all day. Really? I, for me, it's, I, yeah, it's really bad. My eyes are, I mean, it's, it's bad. <laughs> oh, my God. quality is no good. Wow. No good. Yeah, so it's bad. It's I mean, there's ash everywhere. So everything's because I, I think since we're so far removed, you know, they don't really talk about that. Yeah, you know, that's not going to make national headlines. I guess right. Right. more than likely, if you, I'm sure the news there, everything is around the fires, right? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, wow. So yeah, it, so we saw sort of like you know, east is topography, the way it's designed is mm -hmm. different. Out west is is desert primarily. It's parched. Mm -hmm. uh, water is it's a big deal here. Wow. You know, um, whereas out east you are just giving the water away, like. <laughs> but here it's. it's I mean, precious. you know, we're not wasteful people, yeah. you know, personally. But you know, a lot of that just has to do with background and upbringing, right? True. But like what you're describing. Um, 
it, it reminds me of dry season, like back home, yes, like dry right. season. Yeah, and right. then, right. you know, how you really are more careful with water usage and whatnot. Surface, and then, water, yeah. Exactly. And, and right now, like it's rain season, um, yeah. pretty much, you know, in like Sierra Leone, I, I I'm assuming also in Ghana, even though Ghana I think it's a little different. March, March, okay. April, and that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> in January. Well, January it's, is a dry, it's called Hamatan. I don't know. If yeah, Hamatan. Yeah, we heard all right. about it. That's January. Yeah. And yeah. then like March is when the rainy season really kicks in. Uh, okay. Continuously. But I mean, it rains on and off. But, you know, in mm -hmm. terms of like, when you know it's the season, yeah, March, April, uh, not June, not so much, but anyway, there you have it. May, yeah, right. Right yeah. now, it, it's rain season, and so it just it makes me think back to like when I was there during rain season. Like this is kind of the tail end of it, so it's um the it's calming down a bit. But it made me just more aware of the change in the yeah. season and what we take for granted. I've been concerned because I also have another good friend um, who actually is in the Bay Area. And he's a photographer, and I know he's super busy. I haven't been able to get a hold of him, but I know he's alive because he reposted <laughs> a story on Instagram. <laughs> Shout out to Demetrius. I know you're alive. <laughs> so I'm like, I know he's alive. He's not up. But yep. I'm like, what's going on with these fires? It's crazy. Yeah, I, no, but, but he's getting the brunt of it, though. I mean, I'm like, sure that's where it started, and you know why it started. No, it's uh, apparently it's, it's a gender reveal, and they did this whole I guess it's pyrotechnic or set up. They were doing some kind of um, you know, one of the and that's what happened. Yeah, it's, that's it. That's so it. this wasn't like this nope. wasn't Thor coming down, lightning striking. This was but literally what happens that way though. The last one we had was some homeless encampment that somebody wanted to cook and didn't turn the light up, and before you know it, the fires. Because I didn't know that. Uh, it, it's so dry. Even a oh. little spark from a from, from 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 a cigarette or whatever can yeah set it all off. It's bad. It's it's. I mean, I, I go outside of L.A., so I, I see the landscape uh -huh. of California, right? Uh, but, but the more north you go past, mm -hmm. I guess, you know, it's more, like out, it's more like out east. But down southern California, nah. It's a desert. It's just wow. parched. Yeah. It's beautiful, but well, it's still not. Mm. I mean, but you're, what are you, I know you're not going anywhere. Uh, I explore, you know, I, I'm, I'm very... I'm antsy. I can't sit too. I can't sit around too long. So I always okay. like. And as a rule, whenever I move to a new place, I gotta explore it. So the last mm -hmm. three years, I've been fortunate. I've been able to go. I mean, I explored. I mean, six hours out of LA, I've gone, checked it out. I haven't been to San Francisco yet, but everywhere else, I've, uh, I've, I've. It's beautiful. I love California. Besides this, uh, maybe because I've been out here so long. But yeah, it's a little yeah. respite. But yeah, anyway. Well, so so what's it been like for you um, in regards to COVID? So first off, welcome everyone who has joined, everyone who's on, everyone who's That's listening, right. everyone who will watch. I am in conversation with Mr. And you say your name because I'm not going to butcher your last name. <laughs> Kofi Boache. 
watching. Yes, See, uh, I, last, go ahead. Do do I say the bois? Do I say the B? Okay. Okay. The and then the, the, the KY is actually like Chicago or the chicken. Chicago. So it's yeah. like, I know where that's where you're from. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I threw it in. Chicago. Chicago. Oh uh, my God. By the way, there's a Chicago. huge uh, Chicagoan, is that how you say it? Community Chicago. in LA. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Really? Yes. A lot. I've met so many. There's a whole community of them because I, I I ran into a bunch of them. Like, so how do you all know each other? Like, oh yeah, there's a whole. We're all from Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, well, you whole, know what? Because I I'm actually I'm from Columbus, Ohio, right? right? But because of it being like Chicago is the main like big Midwest city. Right. Whenever I meet somebody who's from Chicago, they show me love as if I'm from Chicago. Ah. Um, I mean, I've, I used to spend a lot of my time there. So oh. I'm also like familiar with people from there and, you know, what's going on and stuff like that. But Chicago folks are just, they're so nice, especially once they're out of Chicago uh -huh. and they meet other Chicago people. Oh, it's, it's all it's love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I believe you. I'm lit. sure they, they found each other. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that's how the Midwesterns behave. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Wow. So but yeah, so COVID, what yeah. is what has COVID season been like for you as, you know, an actor, a producer, a film writer? Like what what is that like? You know, if you had asked me this question in March. I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have an answer for you because mm -hmm. I remember like the the LA shut down March fourteenth I want to say mm -hmm. and it was a moment of like what are we gonna do like what yeah. like you know um, and 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 it took about maybe a week two weeks to kind of for ideas to kind of sort of start to become you know, uh, tangible, because it was okay. many, many ideas. I didn't know what to do. Of course, mm -hmm. we were dealing, I was dealing with, you know, how to stay healthy. Yeah. So the immediate thing was trying to stay healthy and what were the right information, what, what were facts versus mm -hmm. hyperbole versus conjecture versus people just making shit up. So yeah. once once that's settled, then it's like, okay, uh, okay work as we know it is no longer um, feasible. Right. Now, fortunately for me, um, I have my artistic journey uh, really has been a very solitary one. Okay. Right? And, and I'm, I'm going to make a point. The reason I'm bringing this around because I bring it full circle. So it had, even though there were people, you know, I, I had some goals I needed to accomplish. And mm. it, it hadn't, I hadn't achieved that yet. So it's, it's, even though I was social, I was always sort of like narrow-minded, just really trying to achieve, you know, what I wanted to do. So mm -hmm. it's been a very solitary um, journey. Okay. Now cut back to quarantine and COVID. Mm. So here's what happens. So as an artist, I was, you know, when I went to drama school, I went to Lee Strasberg. Theater Institute uh, underneath under NYU in New York, um, 
and then of course I, I, I once I graduated, I started being on, on the, doing theater. So right. you know, I've been on you know Broadway, Broadway, all that stuff because I was of the of the mind of the old. I don't want to say of the original artists, the artists that I, I emulated and admired, mm -hmm. all talked about real actors, the longevity of actors, and uh, making it a craft. And it's, it isn't. If you become famous, then it's a byproduct. It is not gotcha. the destination. If you become wealthy, it's just a perk. It's a byproduct of doing mm -hmm. work. And mm -hmm. most of them had, had had an extensive theater training. And so I fell into theater. And so I, you know, I, I of Lower East Side, I did theater when I was in New York, before you guys showed up. It was a little, it was a, there was a lot of experimentation. So we had a lot of uh, avant-garde theater, experimental, mm -hmm. as well as linear, typical theaters that you see. I didn't use um, music theater because uh, I wanted to be a serious dramatic actor. So that was my main focus anyway. So okay. come back to COVID. Most mm -hmm. of my mentors always advises or advised our artists, but specifically actors, to, uh, they always use sports and athletes as mm -hmm. a, um, as an analogy for the artist, meaning that you have to constantly have working on your craft. So if, for instance, if you're a basketball player and you need to work on your jump shot, you're working okay. with a coach, you're studying how your flow is, blah, blah, blah. Same thing applies to the actor. So there were exercises you got to do every morning. You had to spend about three hours a day doing going through, like it also, another example is like a uh, pianist yeah, or musician uh -huh. do your scales. Okay, I see Everything. what you mean. It doesn't matter whether if you're on set, if you're home, it does, the work has to be done regardless. So right. this is where, why I talked about it being solitary, meaning mm -hmm. that there were things I had to do every day alone okay. before okay. I even, you know, such as for me coming from Africa, you know, when I, unbeknownst to you, when I, when I got here, I had a thick accent. I mean, I lived in England, and I, you know, I born and raised in Ghana, so mm -hmm. I had a really thick accent. When I went to drama school, which I shouldn't have listened, but anyway, here we are. Most of my teachers were like, you have a thick accent, you're not gonna work much. You have to kind of neutralize it. You gotta do this, you gotta do that. So I, I spent three years with a speech therapist trying to really? neutralize. So what you're hearing now is a lot of work. Wow. Right? So now, you, you know, there used to be, a, for many years, the first thing you hear when anybody heard, when I spoke was, hey, where are you from? Now, I barely get it. But it was because of years of just working and working it and working it. Wow. Then you, you did voice work. You did, you did the, the uh, movement. You did. So all of those things kind of became part of my routine. I mm. did them every day, regardless of where I was. So, so when I'm, when I'm watching your YouTube channel, yeah. is that what I'm seeing when you do like those monologues? Uh -huh. So I was going to tailor back to <laughs> You see, I do my research. I love it. I do my research. Yeah. Come well, on. So here's, here's what happened. So, so the second week or third week of March, mm -hmm. so all those monologues, so I read part of my research as part of my training was, uh, was to, was to, keep listening to people who you emulate or you, you admire or whatever. And one of them was 
okay. hero. Uh, he was in one of his bios I came across it years ago. And he talked about when he was starting out. And mm. he said one thing he always did was he had maybe eight different monologues in his pocket because you never know or knew when the opportunity would arise. So he will, he will go through novels, read, and see if there's a, a character that resonates with him. He would tear it out, write it out, and he would get a monologue from that or various plays and whatnot. So I got that idea from that. So I collected over the years certain monologues. So the monologues you saw on the tapes were, to be honest with you, I've been doing it for years on my own. Because uh, also back in the day, okay. uh, when you went for an audition, they asked for a monologue. Yeah. Sometimes it's a contemporary one. Sometimes a comedic one. Sometimes it's um, it's classical. So you know, as and as the actor, uh, you you wanted to have um, uh, uh, different tools in your repertoire, gotcha. right? Because you never know when you're going to be called upon to do something, right? Mm -hmm. So. Come to third week of March, I'm sitting here going, okay, so what can I do? And then the idea came, like, wait, you have all these compiled monologues. Mm. This is the per because to be honest with you, just just before, I kept thinking maybe two years before the COVID, I was mm -hmm. like, this is becoming so passe, you know? Nobody does monologues anymore. Blah, 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 blah. This is like, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for years and yeah. I don't I even ask for monologues. When you go on audition, they either want you to do a self-tape, pull out a script and you, you do a scene from that, they mm -hmm. don't really ask monologues. So I'm sitting here going, uh, okay, why don't we just let's, just, let's just put it out and see what happens. Do you know, as I started doing that, maybe a week later, that's when the whole industry, all the casting directors, uh, all of a sudden, <clears throat> ask every, all actors to do a monologue. Really? Yes. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Talk about now, instinct. Yeah. And then before you know it, everybody started doing it. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So well, those, I think that that's just a prime example of like once COVID hit and everybody, I think all industries, especially creative, people have yeah. really had to go back to the drawing board. Exactly. In a major way. And they've had to reach into their toolboxes and what you trust is what you know yeah. to be like tried and true. And at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm definitely not anyone's actor, actress, nothing like that. But I, I know about the fact that, you know, when you go for an audition, you typically have to be able to, and then one of the things is a monologue. I feel like we've just seen it in so many movies, you know, TV shows, so on and so forth. So if you're kind of like from uh, 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 not too far off of a time, you know that real actors at the drop of a, you know, that's it. That's and they've got to be able to know certain, you know, famous monologues, if you will. So a lot of William Shakespeare, which I saw was a part of your right. um, compilation. Yeah. So. I thought that was dope. It was like it was like getting to see Kofi in another way. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's so true because yeah, uh, it's funny you should say that because I had a friend who knew me. I mean, like a close friend, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was doing a show actually. Um, so in 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 LA every summer except this year, 
they always have the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Mm -hmm. And what it, what it is really is, because LA is known for film and TV, not right. for theater, theater is right. Uh, right. But what was ingenious about this was that it was a way for, for true, uh, true actors and uh, theater aficionados to have uh, a, a place to showcase their work and also gotcha. original work, for instance. And what they would do is occupy, they'll go to like, uh, I remember my, my show took place in a club. Mm, okay. Yes. It took, it's a, actually a bar <laughs> and on the side of it, they converted it into a theater and people will come wow. in and it's different all over LA. Different places will, will host, uh, you know, you would have from anywhere from a, from a, from a conventional theater to, like mm -hmm. I said, to a storefront or to, like I said, like a, like a bar. So wow. mine took place over there and this friend came to see the, the play. After the play, she was acting funny. I'm like, what's wrong? Oh. She's like, you scared me. <laughs> Why? I said, wait. And this is an actor too. I said, wait, wait. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. You, you, you stay true to what the character is supposed to be doing. And you go full out. And I, I'm only saying that because you, you say that you see a different part of me. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, uh, this, is, this is my everyday person. But then, you know, if a character calls for... For me to go in, I'll go in, and you, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, just, that's just what, <laughs> that's just how it goes. And I was surprised by a comment. I was like, well, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, don't be too surprised. Um, one of the things that I did not too long ago um, was do, you know, like my research, I try to do research on everyone who I have an interest in, in bringing on here to, to converse with. And, um, you know, I was on your IMDb. Uh, page and yeah. i was like kofi was in sneaky Pete." yeah <laughs> i i like dug deep until i found the episode and everything <laughs> and i'm watching it and yeah. like it was a very small part but it yeah. was very interesting because that small part for that episode it was so important it was yeah. like absolutely important yeah. but it was just it wasn't you <laughs> It was a guy selling a watch. Like, it, it was not Kofi. And, I'm an actor. You know, what can I tell you? <laughs> yes. And, and so it's one of, and then I, I'll never forget. I don't even know where I was, quite frankly. I think I was in, um, I was still in the city. So this is probably like last summer. Um, and, you know, my Sally, she was watching, yeah. um, what was it, Law and Order? Yes. Oh yeah, that's that's years. <laughs> years ago, and yes. like she's she's that person in the family who will watch you know yeah, yeah, yeah. these these <laughs> criminal series and yeah. just watch it over and over. And and you'll be like, what are you doing? Like you know, full work day. We got to go to yeah. an event. Get home, and she'll get snacks, and then like just sit in front and just be watching. I'm like, what are you what are you watching? Criminal Minds. Law and order, like, like, it's, like it's a homework assignment. Oh, there, there are, there are aficionados like that though. Die hard, she's, law and order. She is yeah. that person. Yeah. So she's watching, and all of a sudden, I hear her. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Kofi. I'm like, what? <laughs> 
and she rewinds, and there you are. I said, "Oh, look at Kobe." Well, you brought that up because that's like wow, that's a while ago. That was two thousand. Yeah, that was a lot a while ago. <laughs> I'm like, it's a long time. Like you have been doing this for years. So my my question for you, I mean. I I know so many different creatives right now are like, you know, nothing is quite the same. Everyone has had to pivot, myself included. And, you know, some people are still trying to really kind of get their bearings because what I think some people thought was like a temporary kind of situation, maybe this will blow over in a couple right. of months. Right. It has not blown over. We are absolutely, this is new normal, if you will. Absolutely. What, what, I mean, getting creative, tapping into your roots, if you will, of your craft. You know, you've yeah. mentioned that. I think that's really key, like yeah. literally going back to the basics. Um, what happens when it comes to like auditions, submissions for different projects, you know, that maybe you've heard of, or like, if you have an agent, you know, it's less work. So, and of course the same amount of talent in the pool. So it's just becoming extremely aggressive. Yeah. How do you, how do you weather through that? Uh, well, um, so, okay. So part of this long journey, and mm -hmm. I, I talked about, uh, it being solitary, um, in my head, the purpose and the reason why I'm in America mm -hmm. is to do what I'm doing. Mm. And I'm constantly gauging it. Like, I mean, have I, you know, um, like you said, I have had mentees become stars. Mm. You get me? I have mentees yeah. that have come and become stars. I've had under understudies that I've done plays with that are like on regular TV shows. <laughs> That's right? real. Yeah. But, you know, this journey is a little different in the sense that for me, um, <laughs> it was tough, right? It's been tough. As much as you see some of um, the things that I, prevented me from doing what I, and I can't speak it on, on the air, but that mm -hmm. I couldn't do mm. um, for a while. So okay. that kind of hindered me from acceleration, but it didn't stop me from tapping into what, so for instance, so when I started, I was doing the, the plays and whatnot, and uh, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I went for uh, some of my things I didn't get was uh, I'm a star. So I went, for, I went for Diamond House's character. I was put on hold uh, after I did the audition on a Friday. Uh, come Tuesday, I was released. So these are some of the things I've kind of didn't get, came close to didn't get. So I've been around mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. And so in the struggle to kind of achieve what I wanted to do, I kept doing research. I'm a huge research kind of person. Um, I listened to a lot of interviews, like I said, from my mentees. Mm -hmm. uh, and most of them, most of them, what they said was, I had to make my own way mm. by writing a piece. Now, I got to tell you, Daima, I am an actor. I mean, that's my default. I am not 
a writer. And then I wasn't a director. Then I know how to produce. <laughs> all I, I all I knew my strong suit was acting. Gotcha. But I wasn't getting as far that like I had in my head. You know those obstacles upon obstacles and whatnot. And like so said, when I was doing the research, everybody was talking about writing, and I, I said to myself, "I'm not a writer. I, I I'm just. How am I going to do this?" But as time kept going, it was the only thing I had to do. So yeah. You no, know, when you when we were all hanging out, I had spent ten years knowing how to write. I have spent ten years. That's why I talked about the solitary journey. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I read a lot of playwrights. I read a lot of novelists. I listened to a ton of uh, those TV uh, talk shows. Not talk shows. There were uh, NPR had like uh, a tell story that, that there was the moth. There was um, uh, this older lady. I don't even think she had a show anymore. But every afternoon, she would have playwrights. She would have novelists. She would have interesting people and they would talk about their process so this is how i was able i spent tons wow. of time in the library tons of time i didn't know what to do because that was the only way i would and i wasn't gonna quit right whom i'd invested too much, too much. Uh, i had to see through actually coming to america was because of what i'm doing and if i couldn't do that i was gonna go back home mm. right so you pivoted so yeah, I, I had to. There was no way, and then I, I was also fortunate. I worked hard to get to become a lifetime member of the Actors Studio, okay. which is a uh, a prominent uh, American institution. Um, you know, Al Pacino comes from uh, is a is a president. Uh, Harvey Keitel, and then Bernstein. Uh, mm -hmm. You name it. Even Delroy Lindo is a member, right? Okay. Uh, everybody's, you know, uh, is part of that. What it allowed me to become, as I couldn't book commercially, or I was having difficulty commercially, meaning that so that you guys could see it, I had an artistic home that gotcha. I could create from. There were okay. uh, 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 the best actors in the whole world were members. You gotcha. know, uh, for pound for pound, the studio has won more Oscars than any institution. The members, you know, from Pacino to Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn mm -hmm. is an EGOT. You know what that is? No. So the one who's won a, an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and T. Tony. Oh, I uh -huh. know what I... So that's the term for it, EGOT? E-G-O-T, e which is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Tony. Gotcha. So, you know, and she's uh, the, the vice president. And it's free. It's free. All you have to do is audition for it. We All have you have to do is be good enough. <laughs> well, that's, that's a point. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. I just, this audition part. I'm here to help you through your humility. <laughs> All you have to do is be good enough. All you got to do is good enough. Just audition. It's free. We have one here in LA and we have one there in New York. We okay. We have a master's program for... Uh, Back in the day, we used to be the new school for social research. Okay. Uh, and we had a little bit of um, disagreement. So we moved the program to Pace University, mm. Master of Fine Arts. And gotcha. once you graduate there, you become a finalist 
at the studio. And you have more, one more audition, and if you're good enough, you become a member. But you um, also go to, you know, you, you can come off the street and audition. As long as you're you good enough. Right. You need to, if, if you don't go to the, the MFA program, then you have two, two options. Because you go for your preliminary, and then if you're good enough, you come, you come back for your set, final. And then, you know, but it's free. But it's, mm. it has the immense resources. So that's how I was able to, to uh, 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 sharpen and, 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 and get good at directing. And mm. also, we also have the playwrights unit. So you can write anything, give it to the actors. Resource, actors are, are your resources. It's full of actors. You can write and say, hey, you guys come read it so I can hear it as a, as a, as a writer and see what works and what doesn't, right? Gotcha. So for all these years, I've been a member there over 20 years. It saved my life, my artistic life. Period. I mean, no, I did everything. I worked with, uh, I did plays with Al Pacino, uh, 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 Ellen Bernstein. I've done a plays with uh, Christopher Walken. Um, um, I mean, I can mm. go on and on. Uh, Ruby D. Um, uh, mm. What's his name? Uh, his her husband, late, the late um, Ozzy Davis. You know, all these icons, all we members we are work with, done plays. You know, uh, James Baldwin came from the actor's studio. Um, Tennessee Williams came from the actor's. Horton Foote came from the actor's studio. Um, yeah, who else? I mean, so yeah, it's a place where artists are nurtured and encouraged. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was invaluable to me. So, so, the, so the lesson from that is find, find your community. Oh, as a key, it's, it's, it's key. Yeah. Find your community. Yeah. I love that. What I learned being part of that community is that uh, you had people who had dedicated their entire life to perfecting mm -hmm. their craft. Mm. It wasn't about being an, a star. It wasn't about being an, you know, or you, you just want to be so good. And that, and it's obsessive. Like, you come in and you're like, okay, this is a little crazy. This, guy, <laughs> this, this is insane. It, it cannot be this. And yeah, that's how it is. But it is. Yes. And so in, in the quarantine, mm -hmm. all the things that I had learned now came to play. Mm. All those years that I've been working, solitary, that's the word today, solitary, working on your own, even though you may be amongst, you know, I'm, 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 I'm equally introverted and extroverted as well, because the things I want to accomplish, and it's on my mind, and the, those things won't let me go. And so because it won't let me go, it becomes a solitary journey, right? Until it, you, you see the fruition of it. So yeah, so that, that really enabled me to, to, so what I've learned all those years in the quarantine came together symbiotically. Interesting. Like that. That uh, makes so much sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you're definitely one of the few people, I would say, in my network that are in the industry. But the concept of what you break down is, um, I've, it's like I, I'm hearing it again, but in, in a different way. It's really important. Like, if you really are true to your craft, nothing will stop you from doing the work. Absolutely. Nothing. Not even COVID. 
not even the the restrictions and whatnot. And um, by by pivoting, which is another thing that has really come up, um, and is I, I know for myself, I can speak for myself. You know, um, even with the clothing line, you know, the obvious is okay. Everything is shut down. Right. Tours, right. music tours. So right. a, a lot of our clients that are, that are in the creative industry that are always on tour, traveling overseas, performing on stages, like that entire way of life, everything associated with that. I mean, you and I, we met in what, 2016 at yes. AfroPunk? Yes. Okay. And you know, we know the grandiose of what Afropunk is, you yeah. know, that that whole um, type of um, event, that that sort of thing that we're so used to. So everything associated with that from vending, yeah. uh, dressing people who are going to attend, dressing people who are going to perform, yeah. all of that is like. Done. at a standstill yeah. which means all of that income is at a standstill yeah. <laughs> ironically you know uh last year this time i was i would call in my own quarantine so kind of like you mentioned the solitude <laughs> yeah. i i had a really bad accident i was on coaches for two months yes yeah because you hit me i like what yeah <laughs> And and the pivot because it was like I was in I was in solitude. Right. Of course, I had my family around to like help out, but right. I was really just in solitude. And it started when I was still in New York, and I'm literally listening to all of the festivals, the street festivals, the block parties, yeah. and I'm outside and I can't attend. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just listening from the window. I was like, Dang. God, why? Would you, this is so petty, God. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? So it's in that season that that's when I was like, I need to write. I need to get all of what's in here out. First of all, for myself, for my sanity. And then, it, you know, it went beyond that and then turned into the book. So, you know, that whole process of pivoting, trying to figure out like, okay, well, what do I have access to and how do I use that? to ground myself and right. get back to the root of why I'm even doing any of what I'm doing. Right. So I totally, I totally hear you. And you know, I am so excited that you have written a book. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. You have uh, thrown a ripple in, uh, in, a, in the water that hopefully will yield uh, an immeasurable um, return. Oh. And, and I say that in this sense, right? So mm -hmm. I am. So once we get to the end of this, I'll tell you all the things that have come out of COVID. But one of the things that has come out of it is I'm, I've written a children's book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, That's exciting. But it's, it's from five to eight range. It's a great age. Yeah, and it's going to be, you know, so I have an industry that it's going to come out soon, but I would just, but. I'm so uh, excited and proud. Yeah, well, because uh, there are, there are in, in terms of the scope of writers, mm -hmm. 
there's not enough enough black writers. You're right. And especially African writers. And Absolutely. And so um, that's why I say that. It's not just, you know, um, you are adding to the, the process mm. of, of now we, some, a child, some, I don't know, I haven't read it, I don't know what the target uh, eight range is. Well, my but, own, it, it's, it's, it's um, like really just adults. Yes. But I've given it to even my 16-year-old niece. So I just feel like you got to start young, exactly. honestly. Same here. As long as you feel like you, you might have a purpose and you're trying to figure it out, this, and then it's you become needed. the audience. That's yeah, needed. that uh, adds to the catalog of writers, but especially uh, an African woman's perspective and experience, which is needed, right? Yeah. Because we are trying to. One of the things that has come out of COVID is, is okay. It's great that we're fighting for whatever but everyone has their part to so here's what COVID mm -hmm. let's get this way here's what COVID's lesson is mm -hmm. not everybody can march yes I agree but everybody can be a revolutionary absolutely I completely agree with you in your chosen field absolutely absolutely we don't have to march or, you know Great, you know, I, I support the march, I support everything else, but where I feel I can make a difference is in my storytelling. Yep, I completely Because just agree. as you have done in, in writing a book or creating a, a line, or I'm sure there's gonna be multiple things coming uh, coming uh, in your way. I'm what actually reading a book right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I I can pull up my laptop and tell you, and it's, that it's, it's about specialization versus diversifying that's not the word you used, but being multifaceted, yeah, interest and and cross cross industries, yeah, but having your basic fundamental knowledge of what you've learned, experience, and, and education, you could, and this is what I'm you doing. Can so it, you can take it. You exactly. Yeah, no, I I I totally agree with you. I'm I'm very excited. Please let me know once the book is released so yes. I can get oh, my know. copy. Yeah. And I can to, give it to, to my godson. Yeah, he's, he's that age. I'm like, this, I already know what I'm giving him for his birthday. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. My, my editor was like, listen, I love this so much that I want to see it in Barnes & Noble. I want to see it. I'm like, don't worry. It's going to be everywhere. <laughs> oh, listen, because there's, like, what you said, it's so key. You know, so I was talking to my godson's mother. Um, yeah. This is several months back. And that's, you know, the important thing about a book. Once it's yeah. out there, it's out there it's forever out. to consume, right? Yeah. And so she she had called me and she was like, you know, I finally got my copy, you know, and um, she was like, it was on the coffee table and JJ walked by and he was like, mommy, is that Auntie Yimya? Because that's, that's, that's what he calls me. And she was like, yes. And he, she said he just picked up the book and looked at the front and the back and just smiled yes. and then went back to playing his tablet. But when his cousin came in, they were like, oh, did you see Auntie Yim Yim? And it's like, 
at age Magical. four, age five, yes. they start to see that they can literally do anything. That's the point. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the permission you've given them indirectly. Yes. yes. Because when they yes. can see it, they know doable. Exactly. It makes right. it so much easier than trying to, you know, start from scratch and, exactly. and build up that confidence. Exactly. So sometimes and, it's really and, just about the kids. When well, when you really I, mean, I didn't say that, but that's exactly what I meant when I said yeah. that. You know, you 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 when you throw a stone in a water or like a pond, you see the mm. effect. So this yes. book affects so much and will do. Uh, the and it's needed. Yeah. We yeah. Enough. We don't have enough voices in film. Clips have, has yeah. I was like, let me let me go ahead and get out of here. Let I me can go ahead. Imagine. Yeah. I, you know, I. It's crazy because I, I had this impetus to kind of like, I, you know, I've been in there for so long. I like it. You know what? I've yeah. done the theater thing. I'm just gonna go do film. That that's yeah. LA is where it's at, and I was just excited to to have moved. Mm -hmm. But today I'm looking up, and you know, the past week we've had this wildfires. I uh, wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, I started out in San Francisco, so I was just like everybody else, because in LA we hadn't gotten anything at all. Yeah, so I was just getting my news from, you know, just like anybody else, and also some friends that were in San Francisco. So mm -hmm. I, you know, for the past few days I look around like, what fire? Well. Today, <laughs> so the skies have changed. Uh, it's 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 yellowish. It's oh my god. Yeah, it's 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 almost like what you would see in like say um, uh, like an apocalypse film, really. Like um, I always <laughs> think about uh, Blade Runner, where it's all kind of like yes. Well, okay. Yeah. So on the news, right? Yeah. My mom is like addicted. So, you know, typical African parent, CNN is always on. Yeah. I walk by and I see orange on the screen. And, you know, it just catches my attention because it's yeah. like this very, you know, very different orange. So I stop and I look and they're like fires. And then they show this um, satellite view that is from space. Yeah. And apparently there's like, I don't know, 30 fires simultaneously in motion, yeah. California, Oregon. I said, what the yeah. hell is going on? Since I've moved here every, maybe last summer was the only, uh -huh. summer. but every summer has been, there's been a wildfires because, you know, the, I remember the first year I moved here, there was a, um, a drought. So they mm -hmm. were literally rationing water. Water, right? yeah. And, one thing I noticed that was so uh, an aha moment to me was I had the opportunity to kind of really explore California. I didn't just stay. I don't just stay in L.A. I, I go out sometimes okay. three, four hours out. You know, I've been to Big Bear and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Joshua Tree and whatnot. But what I found uh -huh. is as I keep going outside of L.A., every the land was parched. It was really? brown, right? And so the first year, come winter, there was rain. And what happened was the, the, the trees, the leaves, the grass, all of a sudden turned green. And, and, the winter. Out, and here's the aha moment. 
So since we are in our east, where these things are just like part of life, when it rained, all of a sudden, I, the landscape became more greener. It went from really? brown, parched, to green. And the way it did to my eye and the view, I was like, wait, this is, this is, this is weird because it's supposed to be normal. But because we were in a, a drought, mm -hmm. it took... It took that it, long. Yeah, and I loved every time it rains, it gets greener. And wow. now I begin to appreciate you know, the lush land. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the rain, everything that comes, fall, spring. Yeah, here you don't get that. It's just like so. So, what does that do? What does that do for you? Because you're in LA right now yeah. with these wildfires that are happening. Like, what does that mean for? Well, I don't have, with the exception of today. Mm -hmm. uh, as I was listening to the news, they said that um, it was the the wind. This this is how long it took to get here from San Francisco. But, and that's like an eight-hour drive, correct? Yes, and that took about a week to get here. I mean, wow. yeah, roughly. It took a wow. week, week. So now there's ash everywhere. There's ash. When when I step out, I can't breathe. I got to go right back in. So I've been home all day. Really? I, for me, it's, I, yeah, it's really bad. My eyes are, I mean, it's, it's bad. <laughs> oh, my, my God. My quality is no good. No wow. Good. Yeah, so it, it's bad. It's, I mean, there's ash everywhere. Because I, I think since we're so far removed, you know, they don't really talk about that. Yeah. You know, that's not going to make national headlines, I guess. Right. Right. More than likely, if you, I'm sure the news there, everything is around the fires, right? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, wow. So, yeah. It, so we saw sort of like, you know, East is topography, the way it's designed is mm -hmm. different. Out West is, is desert. Primarily, it's parched. Mm -hmm. uh, water is it's a big deal here. Wow. You know? Um, whereas our East, you are just giving the water away. Like, <laughs> but here, it's... it's I mean, precious. you know, we're not wasteful people, yeah. you know, personally. But, you know, a lot of that just has to do with background and upbringing, right? True. But, like, what you're describing... Um, it reminds me of dry season, like back home, yes, like exactly. dry season. Yeah, and dry then, season. you know, right. how you really are more careful with water usage and whatnot. Service, and then, water, yeah. Exactly. And and right now, like it's rain season, um, yeah. pretty much, you know, in like Sierra Leone. I, I, I'm assuming also in Ghana, even though Ghana I think it's a little different. March, March okay. April, and that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> in January. Well, January it's, is a dry, it's called Hamatan. I don't know. If yeah, Hamatan. Yeah, we heard all right. about it. That's January. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, March is when the rainy season really kicks in. Uh, okay. Continuously. But, I mean, it rains on and off. But, you know, in mm -hmm. terms of, like, when you know it's the season, yeah, March, April, uh, not June, not so much, but anyway, uh, there you have it. May, yeah, right. May, right yeah. now it, it's rain season, and so it just it makes me think back to like when I was there during rain season. Like this is kind of the tail end of it, so it's um the it's calming down a bit. But it made me just more aware of the change in the yeah. season and what we take for granted. I've been concerned because I also have another good friend um, who actually is in the Bay Area, 
and he's a photographer and i know he's super busy i haven't been able to get a hold of him but i know he's alive because he reposted <laughs> a story on instagram <laughs> shout out to demetrius i know you're alive <laughs> So I'm like, I know he's alive, he's not up. but yeah. I'm like, what's going on with these fires? It's crazy. Yeah, no, but but he's getting the brunt of it though. I I'm mean, sure like, that's where it started, and you know why it started. No, it's uh, apparently it's, it's a gender reveal, and they did this whole I guess it's pyrotechnic or set up. They were doing some kind of. Um, you know, one of the firecrackers, uh, and that's what happened. Yeah, it's, that's it. That's so this it. wasn't like, this no. wasn't Thor coming down, lightning striking. This was but literally... But what happens that way, though? The last one we had was some homeless encampment that somebody wanted to cook and didn't turn the light up, and before you know it, the fires. Because I didn't know that. It's so dry. Even a oh. little spark. From a from 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 a cigarette or whatever can yeah set it all off. It's bad. It's it's. I mean, I, I go outside of L.A. so I I see the landscape uh -huh. of California, right? Uh, but, but the more north you go past, mm -hmm. it gets you know it's more like out, it's more like out east. But down southern California, nah, it's a desert. It's just wow parched. Yeah. It's beautiful, but it's still not. Mm. I mean, but you're, what are you, I know you're not going anywhere. Uh, I explore. You know, I, I'm I'm very I'm antsy. I can't sit too. I can't sit around too long. So I always okay. like. And as a rule, whenever I move to a new place, I gotta explore it. So the last mm -hmm. three years, I've been fortunate. I've been able to go. I mean, I explored. I mean, six hours out of LA, I've gone checked it out. I haven't been to San Francisco yet, but everywhere else, I've uh, I've I've it's beautiful. I love California. Besides this, uh, maybe because I've been out here so long. But yeah, it's a little yeah. nice respite. But yeah, anyway. Well, so so what's it been like for you um, in regards to COVID? So first off, welcome everyone who has joined, everyone who's on, everyone who's That's listening, fine. everyone who will watch. I am in conversation with Mr. And you say your name because I'm not going to butcher your last name. Kofi <laughs> Boachek. Watch it. Yes, See, nah, the I, last, go ahead. Do do I say the bois? Do I say the B? Okay. The okay. B -O -A, and then the, the the KY is actually like Chicago or the Ch Chicago. So it's yeah. like I know where that's where you're from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's why I threw it in. Chicago. Oh uh, my god. By the way, there's a huge uh Chicagoan, is that how you say it? Community Chicago, in LA. Chicago, Chica yeah, Chicago. Really? Yes, a lot. Uh, I've met so many. There's a whole community of them because I, I I ran into a bunch of them. I'm like, so how do you all know each other? Like, oh yeah, there's a. Whole We're all from Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, well, you know what? Because I I'm actually I'm from Columbus, Ohio, right? right? But because of it being like Chicago is the main like big Midwest city. Right. Whenever I meet somebody who's from Chicago, they show me love as if I'm from Chicago. Ah. Um, I mean, I've, I used to spend a lot of my time there. So oh. I'm also like familiar with people from there and, you know, what's going on and stuff like that. But Chicago folks are just, they're so nice, especially once they're out of Chicago. Oh, 
uh, and they meet other Chicago people, oh, it's, it's all love. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I believe you. And I'm sure they, they found each other. I'm sure. That's how that's how the Midwesterns behave. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Wow. So, but yeah, so COVID. What yeah. is, what has COVID season been like for you? As you know, an actor, a producer, a film writer. Like, what what is that like? You know, if you had asked me this question in March, I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have an answer for you because mm -hmm. I remember like the the. Uh, they shut down March 14th, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And it was a moment of like, what are we going to do? Like, what? Yeah. Like, you know, um, and, and, and it took about maybe a week, two weeks to kind of, for ideas to kind of sort of start to become, you know, uh, tangible because there was okay. many, many ideas. I didn't know what to do. Of course, mm -hmm. we were dealing, I was dealing with you know, how to stay healthy. Yeah. So the immediate thing was trying to stay healthy and what were the right information, what, what were facts versus mm -hmm. hyperbole versus conjecture versus people just making shit up. So yeah. once once that's settled, then it's like, okay, uh, okay work as we know it is no longer um, feasible. Right. Now, fortunately for me, um, I have my artistic journey uh, really has been a very solitary one. Okay. Right? And, and I'm, I'm going to make a point. The reason I'm bringing this around because I bring it full circle. So it had, even though there were people, you know, I, I had some goals I needed to accomplish. And mm. it, it hadn't... I hadn't achieved that yet. So it's, it's even though I was social, I was always sort of like narrow-minded, just really trying to achieve, you know, what I wanted to do. So mm -hmm. it's been a very solitary um, journey. Okay. Now cut back to quarantine and COVID. Mm. So here's what happens. So as an artist, I was, you know, when I went to drama school, I went to Lee Strasberg. Theater Institute uh, underneath under NYU in New York, um, and then of course I, I I once I graduated I started being on, on a th doing theater, so right. you know I've been on you know Broadway Broadway all that stuff because I was of the of the mind of the old I don't want to say of the original artists, the artists that I, I emulated and admired, mm -hmm. all talked about real actors the longevity of actors and uh making it a craft and it's, it isn't it, 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 if you become famous then it's a byproduct it is not Gosh. the destination if you become wealthy it's just a perk it's a byproduct of doing mm -hmm. work and mm -hmm. most of them had 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 an extensive theater training and so i fell into theater and so i you know i i of lower east side i did theater when I was in New York, before you guys showed up, it was a little, it was a, there was a lot of experimentation. So we had a lot of uh, avant-garde theater, experimental, mm -hmm. as well as linear, typical theaters that you see. I didn't do um, music theater because uh, I wanted to be a serious dramatic actor. So that was my main focus anyway. So okay. come back to COVID. Mm -hmm. Most of my 
mentors always advises or advised art, artists, but specifically actors, to uh, they always use sports and athletes as mm -hmm. a um, as an analogy for the artist, meaning that you have to constantly have working on your craft. So, if, for instance, if you're a basketball player and you need to work on your jump shot, you're working okay. with a coach. You're studying how your flow is, blah, blah, blah. Same thing applies to the actor. So there were exercises you got to do every morning. You had to spend about three hours a day doing going through, like, it also, another example is like a uh, pianist you have, or musician uh -huh. do your scales. Okay, I see what you mean. It doesn't matter whether if you're on set, if you're home, it does, the work has to be done regardless. So right. this is where, why I talked about it being solitary. Meaning mm -hmm. that there were things I had to do every day alone okay. before okay. I even, you know, such as for me coming from Africa, you know, when I, unbeknownst to you, when I, when I got here, I had a thick accent. I mean, I lived in England and I, you know, I born and raised in Ghana. So mm -hmm. I had a really thick accent. When I went to drama school, which I shouldn't have listened, but anyway, here we are. Most of my teachers were like, you have a thick accent, you're not going to work much. You have to kind of neutralize it. You got to do this, you got to do that. So I, I spent three years with a speech therapist trying to really? neutralize. So what you're hearing now is a lot of work. Wow. Right? So now, you, you know, there used to be, a, for many years, the first thing you would hear when anybody heard, when I spoke was, hey, where are you from? Now I barely get it. But it was because of years of just working and working it and working it. Wow. I mean, you, you did voice work. You did you did the, the uh, movement. You did so all of those things kind of became part of my routine. I mm. did them every day, regardless of where I was. So so, so when I'm when I'm watching your YouTube channel, yeah. is that what I'm seeing when you do like those monologues? Uh huh. So I was gonna tell it back. To you. <laughs> you see, I do my research. I love it. I do my research. Yeah. Come so, on. So here's, here's what happened. So, so the second week or third week of March, mm -hmm. so all those monologues. So I read part of my research as part of my training was uh, was to, was to keep listening to people who you emulate or you you admire or whatever. And one of them was. Okay. De Niro, uh, he was in one of his bios, I came across it years ago, and he talked about when he was starting out. And mm. he said one thing he always did was he had maybe eight different monologues in his pocket because you never know or knew when the opportunity would arise. So he would, he would go through novels, read, and see if there's a, a character that resonates with him, he would tear it out, write it out, and he would get a monologue from that or various plays and whatnot. So I got that idea from that. So I collected over the years certain monologues. So the monologues you saw on the tapes were, to be honest with you, I've been doing it for years on my own. Uh, because also back in the day, okay. uh, when you went for an audition, they would ask for a monologue. Yeah. Sometimes it's a contemporary one. Sometimes a comedic one. Sometimes it's um, it's classical. So you know, as and as the actor, uh, you you wanted to have um, uh, uh, different tools in your repertoire, gotcha. right? Because you never know when you're going to be called upon to do something, right? Mm -hmm. So come to third week of March, I'm sitting here going, okay, so what can I do? And then 
the idea came. It's like, wait, you have all these compiled monologues. Mm. This is the per because to be honest with you, just just before I kept thinking, maybe two years before the COVID, I was like, mm -hmm. this is becoming so passe. You know, nobody does monologues anymore. Blah blah blah. blah. This is like, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for years, and yeah. I don't even ask for monologues. When you go on audition, they either want you to do a self tape, they pull out a script, and you you do a scene from that. They don't mm -hmm. really ask monologues. So I'm sitting here going, uh, okay, why don't we just, let's just, let's just put it out and see what happens. Do you know, as I started doing that, maybe a week later, that's when the whole industry, all the casting directors, uh, all of a sudden, <clears throat> ask every, all actors to do a monologue. Really? Yes. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Talk about instinct. Yeah, and then before you know it, everybody started doing it. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So well, I think that that's just a prime example of like, once COVID hit and everybody, I think all industries, especially creative, people have yeah. really had to go back to the drawing board. Exactly. In a major way. And they've had to reach into their toolboxes. And what you trust is what you know. Yeah. to be like tried and true. And at the end of the day, like I'm I'm definitely not anyone's actor, actress, nothing like that. But I I know about the fact that, you know, when you go for an audition, you typically have to be able to and then one of the things is a monologue. I feel like we've just seen it in so many movies, you know, TV shows so on and so forth. So, if you're kind of like from uh, 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 not too far off of a time, you know that real actors at the drop of a, you know, that's it. That's and they've got to be able to know certain, you know, famous monologues, if you will. So a lot of William Shakespeare, which I saw was a part of your right. um, compilation. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was dope. It was like, it was like getting to see Kofi in another way. <laughs> You know, yeah. and that's so true because yeah. uh, it's funny you should say that because I had a friend who knew me. I mean, like a close friend, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was doing a show, actually. Um, so in, in, in L.A., every summer, except this year, they always have the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Mm -hmm. And what it, what it is really is because L.A. is known for film and TV, not right. for theater. Theater is right. Uh, right. But what was ingenious about this was that it was a way for for true uh, true actors and uh, theater aficionados to have uh, a, a place to showcase their work and also gotcha. original work, for instance. And what they would do is occupy, they would go to like, uh, I remember my, my show took place in a club. Mm, okay. Yes. It took, it's a, actually a bar <laughs> and on the side of it, they converted it into a theater and people will come wow. in and it's different all over LA. Different places will will host, uh, you know, you would have from anywhere from a, from a, from a conventional theater to, like mm -hmm. I said, to a storefront or to, like I said, like a, like a bar. So wow. mine took place over there and this friend came to see the, the play. After the play, she was acting funny. I'm like, what's wrong? Oh. She's like, you scared me. <laughs> Why? I said, wait. And this is an actor, too. I said, wait, wait. 
well, that's what we're supposed to do. You, you, you stay true to what the character is supposed to be doing. And you go full out. And I, I'm only saying that because you, you say that you see a different part of me. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, uh, this, is, this is my everyday person. But then, you know, if a character calls for, for me to go in, I'll go in. And you, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, just, that's, just what, <laughs> that's just how it goes. And I was surprised by a comment. I was like, well, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, don't be too surprised. Um, one of the things that I did not too long ago um, was do, you know, like my research, I try to do research on everyone who I have an interest in in bringing on here to, to converse with. And, um, you know, I was on your IMDB page and yeah. I was like, Kofi was in Sneaky Pete? Yeah. <laughs> I I like dug deep until I found the episode and everything <laughs> and I'm watching it. And yeah. like it was a very small part, but it yeah. was very interesting because that small part for that episode it was so important. It was yeah. like absolutely important. Yeah. But it was just it wasn't you. <laughs> it was a guy selling a watch. Like it it was not Kofi. And, I'm an actor. Um, what can I tell you? <laughs> yes, and and so it's one. Of, and then I I'll never forget. I don't even know where I was. Quite frankly, I think I was in. Um, I was still in the city. So this is probably like last summer. Um, and you know, my Sally, she was watching. Yeah. Um, what was it? Law and Order. Yes. Oh yeah, that's that's years. <laughs> years ago, and yes. like she's she's that person in the family who will watch you know yeah, yeah. these these law <laughs> criminal series and yeah. just watch it over and over. And and you'll be like, what are you doing? Like you know, full work day. We got to go to yeah. an event. Get home, and she'll get snacks, and then like just sit in front and just be watching. I'm like, what are you what are you watching? Criminal Minds. Law and order, like, like, it's, like it's a homework assignment. Oh, there, there are, there are aspectionados like that though. Die hard, she's, law and she order. She is yeah. that person. Yeah. So she's watching, and all of a sudden, I hear her. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Kofi. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she rewinds, and there you are. I said. Oh, look at Kobe. Yeah. That, well, you brought that up because that's like, wow, that's a while ago. That was 2000. Yeah, that was a, lot, a while ago. <laughs> I'm like, it's a long time. Like, you have been doing this for years. So my my question for you, I mean, I I know so many different creatives right now are like, you know, Nothing is quite the same. Everyone has had to pivot, myself included. And, you know, some people are still trying to really kind of get their bearings. Because what I think some people thought was like a temporary kind of situation, maybe this will blow over in a couple right. of months. Right. It, it has not blown over. We are absolutely, this is new normal, if you will. Absolutely. What, what, I mean... Getting creative, tapping into your roots, if you will, of your craft. You know, you've yeah. mentioned that. I think that's really key, like yeah. literally going back to the basics. Um, what happens when it comes to like auditions, submissions for 
different projects, you know, that maybe you've heard of, or like if you have an agent, you know, it's less work. So, and of course the same amount of talent in the pool. So it's just becoming extremely aggressive. Yeah. How do you, how do you weather through that? Uh, well, um, so, okay. So part of this long journey, uh, mm -hmm. I, I talked about uh, it being solitary um, in my head. The purpose and the reason why I'm in America mm -hmm. is to do what I'm doing. Mm. And I'm constantly gauging it. Like, I mean, have I, you know, um, like you said, I have had mentees become stars. Mm. You get me? I have mentees yep. that have come and become stars. I've had under understudies that I've done plays with that are like on regular TV shows. <laughs> That's right? real. Yeah. But, you know, this journey is a little different in a sense that for me, um, <laughs> it was tough, right? It's been tough. As much as you see some of um, the things that I prevented me from doing what I, and I can't speak it on, on the air, but that mm -hmm. I couldn't do um, for a while. So okay. that kind of hindered me from acceleration, but it didn't stop me from tapping into what, so for instance, so when I said I was doing the, the plays and whatnot, and uh, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I went for uh, some of my things I didn't get was uh, I'm a star. So I went for I'm a star, I went for Diamond House's character. I was put on hold uh, after I did the audition on a Friday. Uh, come Tuesday, I was released. So these are some of, some of the things I've kind of didn't get, came close to didn't get. So I've been around mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. And so in the struggle to kind of achieve what I wanted to do, I kept doing research. I'm a huge research kind of person. Um, I listened to a lot of interviews, like I said, from my mentees. Mm -hmm. uh, and most of them, most of them, what they said was, I had to make my own way. I'm mm. writing a piece. Now, I got to tell you, Daima, I am an actor. I mean, that's my default. I am not a writer. And then, I wasn't a director. Then, I know how to produce. <laughs> all, I, I, all I knew, my strong suit was acting. Gotcha. But I wasn't getting as far like I had in my head. You know, those obstacles upon obstacles and whatnot. And like so I said, the when I was doing the research, everybody was talking about writing. And I, I said to myself, I'm not a writer. I, I, I'm just like, how am I going to do this? But as time kept going, it was the only thing I had to do. So yeah. you know, when, you, when we were all hanging out, I had spent 10 years knowing how to write. I have spent 10 years. That's why I talked about the solitary journey. I, yeah. I, I, I read a lot of playwrights. I read a lot of novelists. I listened to a ton of uh, those TV uh, talk shows, not talk shows. There were uh, NPR had like uh, a hard story that, that there was the moth. There was um, 
this older lady, I don't even think she had a show anymore, but every afternoon she would have playwrights, she would have novelists, she would have interesting people, and they would talk about their process. So this is how I was able, I spent tons wow. of time in the library. Tons of time. I didn't know what to do because that was the only way. I w and I wasn't going to quit. Right. Boom, I'd invested too much. Too much. I had to see it through. Actually, coming to America was because of what I'm doing. And if I couldn't do that, I was going to go back home. Mm. Right? So you pivoted. So, so yeah, I, I had to. There was no way. And then I, I was also fortunate. I worked hard to get to become a lifetime member of the Actors Studio, okay. which is a, uh, a prominent uh, American institution. Um, you know, Al Pacino comes from, uh, is, a, is a president. Uh, Harvey Keitel, Ellen Burstyn, uh, mm -hmm. you name it. Even Delroy Lindo is a member, right? Okay. Uh, everybody's, you know, uh, is part of that. What it allowed me to become, as I couldn't book commercially, or I was having difficulty commercially, meaning that so that you guys can see it, I had an artistic home that gotcha. I could create from. There were okay. uh, 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 the best actors in the whole world were members. You gotcha. know, uh, for pound for pound, the, the studio has won more Oscars than any institution. The members, you know, from Pacino to Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn mm -hmm. is an EGOT. You know what that is? No. So the one who's won a, an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and T, Tony. Oh, I know uh -huh. what I, so that's the term for it, EGOT? EGOT. But it's okay. E-G-O-T, which is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Tony. Gotcha. So, you know, and she's uh, the, the vice president. And it's free. It's free. All you have to do is audition for it. We All you have to do is be good enough. <laughs> well, that's, that's the point. I didn't want to say that. I said, this audition, right? I'm here to help you through your humility. <laughs> All you have to do is be good enough. All you got to do is good enough. Just audition. It's free. We have one here in LA and we have one there in New York. We okay. have a master's program for, uh, back in the day, we used to be the new school for social research. Okay. Uh, and we had a little bit of um, disagreement. So we moved the program to Pace University, mm. Master of Fine Arts. And gotcha. once you graduate there, you become a finalist at the studio. And you have more, one more audition. And if you're good enough, you become a member. But you don't mm. go to, you know, you, you can come off the street and audition. As long as you're so, good enough. Right. You need to, if, if you don't go to the, the MFA program, then you have two, two options. Because you go for your preliminary, and then if you're good enough, you come, you come back for your set, final. And then, you know, but it's free. But it's, mm. it has the immense resources. So that's how I was able to, to, uh, 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 uh sharpen and, 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 and get good at directing. And mm. also we also have the playwrights unit. So you can write anything, give it to the actors. Resource, actors are, are your resources. It's full of actors. You can write and say, hey, you guys come read it so I can hear it as a, as a, as a writer and see what works and what doesn't, right? Gotcha. So for all these years, I've been a member there over 20 years. It saved my life, my artistic life, period. I mean, no, I did everything. I've worked with uh, I did plays with Al Pacino, uh, 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 Ellen Bernstein. I've done a plays with uh, Christopher Walken, um, um, 
I mean, I can mm. go on and on. Uh, Ruby D. Um, uh, mm. What's his name? Uh, his uh, husband, late, the late um, Ozzy Davis. You know, all these icons, all we members we have worked with, done plays. You know, uh, James Baldwin came from the actor studio. Uh, Tennessee Williams came from the actors. Harden Foot came from the actors studio. Um, yeah, who else? I mean, so yeah, it's a place where artists are nurtured and encouraged, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it was invaluable to me. So, so, the, so the lesson from that is find find your community. Oh, as a key, it's 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 key. Yeah, find your community. Yeah, I love that. What I learned being part of that community is that uh, you had people who had dedicated their entire life to perfecting mm -hmm. their craft. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about being an, a star. It wasn't about being an, you know, or you, you just want to be so good. And that, and it's obsessive. Like, you come in and you're like, okay, this is a little crazy. This guy, <laughs> this, this is insane. It, it cannot be this. And yeah, that's how it is. But it is. Yes. And so, in in the quarantine, mm -hmm. all the things that I had learned now came to play. Mm. All those years that I've been working solitary—that's the word today—solitary working on your own, even though you may be amongst, you know, I'm 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 equally introverted and extroverted as well because the things I want to accomplish and it's on my mind and the, those things won't let me go. And so because it won't let me go, it becomes a solitary journey, right? Until it, you, you see the fruition of it. So yeah, so that, that really enabled me to, to, so what I've learned all those years and the quarantine came together symbiotically. Interesting. Like that. That uh, makes so much sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you're definitely one of the few people I would say in my network that are in the industry, but the concept of what you break down is, um, I've, it's like I, I'm hearing it again, but in, in a different way. It's really important. Like if you really are true to your craft, nothing will stop you from doing the work. Absolutely. Nothing, not even COVID. Not even the, the restrictions and whatnot. And um, by, by pivoting, which is another thing that has really come up um, and is, I, I know for myself, I can speak for myself, you know, um, even with the clothing line, you know, the obvious is, okay, everything is shut down. Right. Tours, right. music tours. So right. a, a lot of our clients that are, that are in the creative industry that are always on tour, traveling overseas, performing on stages, like that entire way of life, everything associated with that. I mean, you and I, we met in what, 2016 at yes. AfroPunk? Yes. Okay. And you know, we know the grandiose of what Afropunk is, yeah. you know, that that whole um, type of um, event, that that sort of thing that we're so used to. So everything associated with that from vending, yeah. uh, dressing people who are going to attend, dressing people who are going to perform, yeah. all of that is like 
at a standstill, which means all of that income is at a standstill. (laughs) Ironically, you know, uh, last year this time, I was, I would call in my own quarantine. So kind of like you mentioned the solitude. (laughs) I I had a really bad accident. I was on coaches for two months. Yes. Yeah, because you hit me up like, what the hell? Yeah. And and the pivot, because it was like I was in I was in solitude. Right. Of course, I had my family around to like help out, but right. I was really just in solitude. And it started when I was still in New York, and I'm literally listening to all of the festivals, the street festivals, the block parties, yeah. and I'm outside and I can't attend. Yeah. I'm just listening from the window. I was like God, why would you, this is so petty, God. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? So it's in that season that that's when I was like, I need to write. I need to get all of what's in here out. First of all, for myself, for my sanity. And then, it, you know, it went beyond that and then turned into the book. So, you know, that whole process of pivoting, trying to figure out like, okay, well, what do I have access to and how do I use that to ground myself and right. get back to the root of why I'm even doing any of what I'm doing? Right. So I totally, I totally hear you. And you know, I am so excited that you have written a book. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. You have... Uh, thrown a ripple in uh in a in the water that hopefully will yield uh an immeasurable um return oh and and i say that in this sense right so Mm -hmm. i am so once we get to the end of this i'll tell you all the things that have come out of COVID. but one of the things that has come out of is i've written a children's book Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, That's exciting. But it's it's from five to eight range. It's a great age. Yeah, and it's gonna be you know. So I have an illustrator. It's gonna come out soon, but I would just. But I'm so uh, excited and proud. Yeah, well, because uh, there are there are in in terms of the scope of writers, mm-hmm. there's not enough enough black writers. You're right. And especially African writers. Absolutely. And so um, that's why I say that. It's not just, you know, um, you are adding to the the process Mm. of of now a child, I don't know, I haven't read it, I don't know what the target uh, eight range is. Well, my own, it's, 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 um, like, really just adults, yes. but I've given it to even my 16 year old niece. So I just feel like you got to start young, exactly. honestly, Same here. as long as you feel like you, you might have a purpose and you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. This, and then it's, you become needed. the audience. That's yeah. Needed. That uh, adds to the catalog of writers, but especially, uh, uh, an African uh, woman's perspective and experience, which is needed, right? Yeah. Because we are trying to 
one of the things that has come out of COVID is, is okay, it's great that we're fighting for whatever, but everyone has their part to... So here's what COVID... Mm -hmm. Let's say it this way. Here's what COVID's lesson is. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can march. Yes, I agree. But everybody can be a revolutionary. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. In your chosen field. Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't have to march. You know, great. You know, I, I support the march. I support everything else. But where I feel I can make a difference is in my storytelling. Yep. I completely because agree. you have done in, in writing a book or creating a, a line or I'm sure there's going to be multiple things coming up coming uh in your way i'm what actually reading a book right now mm -hmm. uh hopefully i can pull up my laptop and tell you and it's that it's a, it's about specialization versus diversifying that's not the word you use but being multifaceted yeah interest and and cross cross industries yeah but having your basic fundamental knowledge of what you've learned experience and, and education you could and this is what I'm you doing. Can so it, you can take it wherever. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I'm I'm very excited. Please let me know once the book is released so yes. I can get oh, my yeah. copy yeah. and I can to, give it to, to my godson. Yeah, he's, he's that age. I'm like, this, I already know what I'm giving him for his birthday. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. My, my editor was like, listen, I love this so much. That I want to see that in Barnes and Noble. I want to see. I'm like, don't worry, it's gonna be everywhere. <laughs> oh, listen, because there's like what you said. It's so key, you know. So I was talking to my godson's mother. Um, yeah. This is several months back, and that's you know the important thing about a book. Once it's yeah. out there, it's out there it's forever out. to consume, right? Yeah. And so she she had called me. She's like, you know, I finally got my copy, you know, and. Um, she was like, it was on the coffee table and JJ walked by and he was like, mommy, is that Auntie Yimya? Because that's, that's, that's what he calls me. And she was like, yes. And he, she said he just picked up the book and looked at the front and the back and just smiled yes. and then went back to playing his tablet. But when his cousin came in, they were like, oh, did you see Auntie Yimya? And it's like, at age Magical. four, age five, yes. they start to see that they can literally do anything. That's the point. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the permission you've given them indirectly. Yes. yes. Because when they yes. can see it, they know then, it's doable. Exactly. It makes right. it so much easier than trying to, you know, start from scratch and, exactly. and build up that confidence. Exactly. So. Sometimes it's really just about the kids. When well, when you really I, mean, I didn't say that, but that's exactly what I meant when I said yeah. that. You know, you you when you throw a stone in a water or like a pond, you see the mm. effect. So this yes. book affects so much and will do. Uh, By the grace. and it's needed. Yeah, yeah. Enough. We don't have enough voices in film, to be honest. We're talking that's about the aggregate. Yeah, aggregate, not not you know, uh, in terms of what is out there, right? We're talking mm -hmm. about uh, 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 restructuring even schools. Yep, there wasn't enough writers of of color, you and I, 
It does not You're right. Matter. You're right. So that is amazing what you've done. That is revolutionary what you've done. You've added to the canon of mm. black writers. Well, <laughs> apparently, so have you. Hold on a second. Let's, let's, I'm a big believer in how you use your words. Yeah. They mean things. And there's so much power. Yes. Yes. Right. So, um, I believe that uh, I'm going to give you an example. I just read the other day uh, about Octavia Butler. You know her? She's a big uh, science fiction black writer who died about 50 years ago. Yeah. Right? 50 or 40? 50? Oh. But in one of her, she had written what she wanted to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the, one of, one of the, goals was that her book was she was going to be a best-selling uh right on the new york bestsellers list mm. you know she never lived to see that i know but guess what I've... this year she's number one i know isn't that crazy but and that's it's... my point <laughs> i i I, I hear you, you know? i learned i learned about i learned about her during the season of covid um, several months back, one of my favorite comedians was uh, talking about Octavia's books on yeah. her live. Right. And just started talking about the background, which made me go look. Right. And I'm like, oh, place my orders. And so, like you say, the ripple effect, the dominant, like, I, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. So you may not see, that's why I say, watch what you say. Right. There's power in the tongue. There's, mm. you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So the okay. things and faith are the things that you don't see, but just speak it, whether you see it or not. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's why I keep saying that you've done something. It, regardless whether you, what, whatever you think, it doesn't matter. You've done it. It's out there. Somebody does, you, you, know, you will see the benefit to someone else, hopefully in your lifetime or down down Even the line beyond. yeah so well yeah. this 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 is what i miss the most about you because you have this way of speaking life it doesn't matter if we're on a live walking down the street in yep. the city yeah after hours when we're leaving yep. the club yep. <laughs> which many a nights I just, I, I'm so grateful that you're one of my good friends. Oh, I so, so love much. and appreciate you. <laughs> thank you so much. It's, uh, you know, life hasn't been easy, obviously. I'm, I'm not one of to come here and say, you know, uh, I'm one of those Africans that was illegal in this country for like 20 years. I didn't go home to see my mom. So part of what you're seeing in success, there's a whole flip side of the yeah. price you pay, right? Yeah. Um, but I always knew, I have always had, things have always worked to my advantage regardless of what I'm going through. Mm. So it's given me this, uh, I call it astral observance, meaning that I go above, I imagine myself above situations or the, one analysis I always use is when you're flying. Mm. Right. Okay. When you're flying, you look down. Everything, everything seems so insignificant. 
right? Have you have you ever asked yourself that question? Like when you're flying, you're looking down. Yes. Everything's tiny. How you know? And as you as you're about to land, things start to become bigger. So yeah. it was always like, Kofi, how can I, how can I maintain that astral view while being on this ground? You know, mm. and that's what keeps that positivity going. So that means that the, the current situations do not dictate how I should feel or my Anything. sense of purpose or success because everything here now is just temporary. So that's yeah. where my, that's when that thing shakes the faith or, and it takes work. It takes, you know, you have to believe in God. You have to, all that stuff. And you have to have a your mental, your mental fortitude. You are a prime example of what I preach about. How do you build and strengthen your mental fortitude? That's Everyone it. has their own recipe. That's it. Ultimately, once you identify your recipe and you put it into play, That's it, it does not matter what is going on. You will be successful. Exactly. And hence, the people that you allow and choose into your circle affirms yeah. that that's when you say everywhere we go yeah because i chose you and you chose me right it's not yep. um i strongly believe in that everyone i i consciously uh i vibe with people yeah uh when i don't listen to my intuition i get in trouble i've gotten to the place where my intuition is my um guide guiding light i can literally see someone a mile away and two things can happen i don't like that person they haven't done nothing to me. Or, mm. oh, I love that person. They can never do wrong. <laughs> and I'm right. Yep. Every I single do. time. So now I, I resign. I say, okay, yeah, that's it. I don't like you. You ain't done nothing to me, but please stay over there. It's not personal. But it's, you, it just is what it is. Let me do this. No, I love you, love you, love you, love you. <laughs> nothing, because my judgment has become so keen and so sharp, and I'm right. Yeah after so many years of being wrong or over mm -hmm. overriding my intuition, kind of talking like, oh, he ain't done nothing to me. Let me give him a second chance. Before you know it, down the line, like, ah, I know it. God damn it. Waste of time. I hear you. So yeah. we are we are coming to a close. Yes. Um, I just first want to thank everyone who has joined. I want to thank you, Kofi, for yeah, you. blessing us with thank those you. gems. Um, where can the people find you? Oh, well, you know, I'm on Instagram at Friday. By the way, Friday is the same as coffee. You're, I think you know that. Absolutely. Um, I know. So yeah, Friday, watch it at Instagram, uh, YouTube. I have, a, I'm building my website right now because I kind of didn't like how it looked before. So now I'm rebuilding it. But I will have, I have a, uh, my website is my name, coffeebwatchit.com. But it's not up yet, but it's there. Um, of course, YouTube. Um, of course. I'm on YouTube, you can always find me. And uh, IMDb, I'm there as well, you know, so. All, all over IMDb. All, all, over, all, the over. all over. Yes. The place. Yes. So, yeah, I've been, uh, um, I've been blessed. There's a lot of projects that are coming out of this COVID. Okay. There's, a, there's the book. You know, I've done uh, three short films that's out already. I've written three feature films that I'm looking for funding for. I have a TV show that I'm writing. It's just a, a lot. And I'm excited. <laughs> Yay! 
so is he. I'm so happy for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, been, in the meantime, yeah. You can find Kofi online, check him out, follow his YouTube channel, get some gems, be yes. blessed. In the meantime, you make sure you are careful out there in that inferno yeah. that's around the corner. I'm burner. not going out until it clears. <laughs> Please stay safe. Thank you so much. And so much I will be in touch. Thank you. Stay well. Thank Love you so you. much. Yes. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Yes. Until next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for spending time with us at I Am Gaima, a podcast. It's a shit show out here, y'all. We need each other more than ever. So let's stay connected. Feel free to share, like, and subscribe on various social media platforms. You can find us at I Am Gaima or Gaima Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For a deeper connection, consider joining the community. Visit gaimashow.com to submit your email and become a part of the monthly conversations. I actually try and send out notes consistently and I respond. Until next time, be intentional about what you listen to and protect your peace.